Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. Although there are many other contributing factors, the COVID pandemic had a drastic impact on supply and demand in most industries around the globe. In South Africa, the plumbing industry is one of many industries that are affected by a shortage in plumbing materials and products. Now, the impact thereof has many ripple effects, from compromised relationships between suppliers and their customers to plumbers' projects being delayed due to products not being available on time or at all. Now, dealing with a shortage is no small task. And while there is no quick fix for such a large problem, there may be a few ways that manufacturers, suppliers, and even plumbers can prevent them from happening. In this episode, we have a conversation with Mr. Gary Chandler of Plumlink, Mr. Brendan Reynolds of IOPSA, and Mr. Darren Smithson of DMS Plumbing to discuss this issue, the effects thereof, and whether there are possibilities of resolving the issue. Gentlemen, a warm welcome to you, and thanks for joining me in this podcast. Thanks, William. Thanks for the invitation. Nice to talk to you. Hi, morning. Nice to be here with you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, have a listen to this. No matter where you are, Plumlink, your local plumbing store, is right next door. With more than 100 stores countrywide, we've got you covered for all things plumbing DIY. Our extensive Plumlink range delivers premium quality at pocket-friendly prices. And our expert staff can assist you with any problem or project. From taps to geezers to mixers too, we stock everything you need and more. Visit plumlink.coza today to find Find your closest store. Your local plumbing store. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Gentlemen, just before we get into the juicy details of this conversation, I want you to just quickly and briefly introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, what your role is within the plumbing industry. Gary, if we can start with you. Yeah, sure, Willem. Uh, my name is Gary Chandler. Um, I'm the CEO of Plumlink. Um, old industry guy. <laughs> A lot of guys know me. Um, and yeah, I've been around for these sorts of 33 years in this game now. So yeah. Gary, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say you've been around and then you were going to mention your age. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Darren, yourself? Yes, yeah, yeah, so I, I've, um, I'm the, the owner of DMS Plumbing. Uh, also, been around uh, for 20 odd years. Um, so, you know, we've, the- I've, I've seen a lot also just with, with plumbing. Um, I've done nothing else my whole career, so um, yeah, that's uh, my my take. Brendan, how about yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Brendan Reynolds, and uh, I'm the executive director at IOPSA, the Institute of Plumbing South Africa. Thanks for having me. All right, so so we've we've got on the one hand we've got a representative of uh, you know the, the sort of the supply chain, you know the the suppliers, um, retail, uh, plumbing stores. 
we've got a, a plumber a representative from uh, you know the actual technicians the actual guys who 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 have to purchase these products and materials um, and then we also have a representative from one of the industry bodies of South Africa Darren you as a plumber and an owner of a plumbing company do you experience a problem with supply and demand of plumbing products and materials and and if so what what exactly is there a shortage of? And, and, and from where do you source these items? Yeah, so uh, firstly, we are maintenance-orientated plumbing company as well as a construction uh, plumbing company. And I mention it because uh, it affects you know both sides. Um, we found on our construction side where there's been delays on goods, I'm talking for projects that have been ongoing now for two years or longer, um, the parts of the installation have been completed and now we're looking for the balance of that material um, and we're struggling to find it. It's creating delays on site. Um, it's pushing project timelines out. And in some instances, the clients have uh, wanting to recoup the cost of those delays from us. On the maintenance side, mm. um, we're battling to a small thing, let's just say for like a flash master for the Rano, we're looking for a cartridge. Um, took us three weeks to find a, a cartridge and the clients are getting frustrated because they don't understand what's happening. Although we try and tell them, but, you know, some believe us, some don't. And they're like, oh, you know, next time we'll use someone else. Just simply three weeks to find that little mm. cartridge or to see who's got one, you know. So, uh, and, and, and lastly, if you've got existing installations that you're doing maintenance, shopping mall, so on, and you need to replace one unit, we're struggling to find that exact same unit. Now, when you go and install, what the alternative is, it doesn't match up. You know, if you've got eight urinals in a row and you go and replace one and it looks different, it's an aesthetic thing, especially for the malls, you know, that's a big deal for them or for, for people with high-end finishes or, or that aesthetic, you know, oh, it's important. So the, the, that's what we're experiencing from, from our side, just on the shortage of goods and the ability for us to procure quickly. I mean, you mentioned just now that, you know, some customers understand and some customers don't. I mean, if if... It's very easy for a consumer, for a customer to think that, listen, if, if they've got uh, 20 or 10 urinals in a specific bathroom, like, for example, a shopping mall, and, and now you as a, as a, as a plumbing uh, uh, technician tell them, listen, I can't find the exact same match. Uh, you know, aesthetically, the same look and the same design. Um, it's either that I ha- you have one that's completely different, or we replace all of them with the same uh, design. Uh, you know, the new a new available product for that matter. It's very easy for them to then turn to you and say, "Yes, you just want to make money out of me." Yeah, I, absolutely. We even I, I've even started using the phrase uh, in fear of sounding like a salesman. Why don't we replace this whole bathroom and leave the other ones? And then in, invariably what happens, they go on a fact-finding mission for themselves sometimes. Some others will just rather cancel the job and you know move on to another service provider. Uh, a lot of times when they get the same information mm. elsewhere, they're a little too embarrassed to come back you know, and say, look, actually you were right. So then you, you end up losing, mm-hmm. losing the job. Because the fact is that this shortage of products and materials, it, it doesn't lie with one specific plumbing service provider. It lies within the industry. And it's, it's not only in South Africa. It's also a global issue, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I, look, I think Gary will touch more on that. But from, from our side, I mean, we hold accounts with every major plumbing supplier uh, in, in Joburg, you know, And so uh, a lot of times 
as a, as a, and I'm sure the plumbers out there might agree, if you can't find something at one place, to be efficient, you phone multiple places to see if you can get it, uh, that whatever that yeah. item is. And if you're getting the same feedback from everyone else, well, then uh, it must be the source or the importer or wherever the goods are coming from, I would imagine. But let's talk about the sources. Where do you source from? Do you source from retail stores? Do you source online? Do you source directly from the manufacturer? I'm sure that that, you know, how does this supply chain work for you from your side? Uh, again, I'm going to sound like I'm promoting plumbing, but the fact is we buy most of our goods from plumbing. The reason being the stores are available, the, the, mm. the pricing on, on point. Um, however, we do purchase alternate goods from uh, alternate suppliers. Uh, Gary's familiar with mm. all these places. He knows them as well. Um, and we try and get the goods wherever we can. Um, you know, for us as a plumber, it boils down to getting the job done because uh, a lot of times you can only invoice once you complete. Uh, and so when you've started something and then can't get the product to finish and it's delayed, I mean, uh, you know, they go your profits and everything else because you can't get, you can't get payments on the work. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. At Advanced Valves, we produce quality products. Our products are proudly South African and ISO 9001 certified for quality control management. Founded in 1994, we pride ourselves with our range of unique designs and affordable products. Visit your nearest plumbing store and become part of the SA's leading valve brand. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsitraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Gary, it seems that you were being placed on the spot, and Plumlink has been being placed on the spot here. We did hear Darren mention that that is one of the retail stores or plumbing supply stores that he sources his products and materials from. Um, but the fact is that you know all of these sources are reliable and reputable plumbing stores, and it's it you know this is obviously not something that the the issue and the problem and the cause doesn't necessarily lie on their side. So I'd like to hop in on your side, Gary, from a from a retailer's perspective. Uh, do you, as a as from from where you fall within the supply chain, do you experience a problem with supply and demand um, of plumbing prob- products and plumbing uh, materials? Um, and just give us just tell us about the supply chain in general and where you source from. Well, I'm sure hundreds, uh, you know. Um, thanks, Darren, you know, giving us a bit of uh, airtime. I appreciate it. But uh, really, ultimately, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, Darren mentioned the other guys as well. You know, we all sort of in the same boat because unfortunately, um, or fortunately, we all sort of buy from the same local, you know, manufacturers, stroke importers, whoever they might be. So, um, yeah, to, to, to try and start at the beginning of your question, Willem, unfortunately, we, the reality is, you know, outside of maybe – let's start at the beginning, geysers and copper tube and PVC, is not really too much in the way of product that's manufactured in South Africa anymore. I mean, you know, there's some reputable names, unfortunately, that have sort of, uh, you know, gone down the river in the last sort of 18 months. And, um, you know, it, it does place a challenge on things, you know. And and I think there's another aspect that comes into it, Willem, where, you know, Darren mentioned about us, you, you use the example of the urinal in a, in a shopping mall, you know. I guess at some stage we have to understand that 
a manufacturer, wherever it might be, or importer for that matter, um, you know, will discontinue a product. Um, it's just the reality of what things are. And, and at some stage, you know, we, you know, imagine, imagine cars didn't evolve. You know, we will still be driving a Peugeot 504. I don't know. But, um, you know, things, things do change and it does make it complicated, certainly. And I understand Darren's pain because it's not just Darren's. You know, trust me, you know, when you can't find a cartridge for, a, you know, for an FJ6000, um, you know, it affects us as well. But, you know, when, when it's us and it's all the other guys that Darren mentioned, I'm not going to give them air time, but <laughs> um, it, it's a challenge for everybody, Willem. Absolutely it is. You know, and then you know, there's a couple of things that also lead into this thing, you know, because if, if, if we don't have it, you know, chances are there is a supplier down the road or around the corner that, that possibly will have it, but probably can't source any more of it, as an example, because if it's not available and you're importing a product, you know, your lead times out of wherever you're coming from, be it Europe or China or wherever else you're getting product, you know, with the shipping delays that have been experienced currently and all that sort of stuff, you know, you've got, there's, there's probably from, from placing your order to, to actually taking delivery of the product, if everything goes smoothly, you've got a four or five month period. So, you know, if you, if you start looking for a product a week before you start needing it um, and it's simply not available, uh, it becomes an issue. Um, and and the, the other thing, Willem, unfortunately what happens is, you know, you, you'll get a professional that will specify a specific product on a, on, a, on a job or it doesn't matter what it is, even on a house. And it's, it's very easy to go and, you know, I don't know, scale the internet or look at people's websites and, and put a wonderful uh, spec sheet together or finishing schedule. Um, you know, when you're talking two or three hundred of a product, as an example, and and expecting that everybody, you know, not everybody keeps three hundred of a product in stock at all the time at, at every premises. You can't. I mean, you simply can't do that. So I think I think, and I don't want to put blame, but I think there's a little, certainly a lot of uh, planning that possibly doesn't happen at the time. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens on the on the specifying space as far as the professionals go, where you know the a product is chosen because it looks pretty, and I'm not trying to be ugly to anybody else. But the reality of the item of, of, of the situation is that there's a, there's a complication around the supply of that item. Unfortunately, that that complication never gets put back onto the, the specifier. His, his, on his shoulders, you know, it always falls back to the to the plumber, the installer, the contractor, whoever that might be. We then just put further and more pressure on on their supplier, you know, be it plumbing or or anybody else. So there's a myriad of problems that 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 uh, sort of come with all of this stuff. But I'm so. Long answer to your short question, we absolutely uh, have the same issues. And if you think about it, why would we why would we want to mess our customers around, and in this case, Darren, and say to him, you can't get a product? I mean, you know, if he's coming to us to get a product, I'd like to sell it to him. So, you know, there's no reason that we don't want to give it to him. It's just sometimes the simplicity is it's just not available. And and I guess in our case as, as a business, we... We try our very best to 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 have alternative products on the shelf, you know. But yeah, they might not be exactly the same product, might do the same job to a certain extent. But yeah, they might not look the same. But um, you know, again, we I always believe that I guess as the boss man of plumbing, you know, we we're a solution selling business. We're not necessarily a you know we don't supply plumbing product. We we try to sell solutions, you know, and 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 that's very very important to us because of exactly what we had to talk about is the is the inability, I guess, of 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 everybody to put something together and have everybody's product that they want at any one time to every single person. So, yeah, it is a challenge. Can I chip in there? <laughs> I got in first, Darren. <laughs> okay. So I think uh, I, I think the, the problems that Gary has highlighted are very real and very true. Um, but those have been with us for a long time. I think what's, what's happened is that uh, the problem's been exacerbated uh, by two key things. 
Number one is the, the closure of a number of uh, local manufacturers, uh, which means that that product needs to be imported. And then, uh, you know, a local manufacturer normally could make some sort of a plan for you uh, and they could get the product to you a little bit quicker if you were in desperate need. But, uh, you know, when the, when the ship's on the water, the ship's on the water, you know, there, there's can't, nothing can't you can do. speed it up and give it a turbo. Nope. Yeah. You can't send a helicopter no out way. to go and try and unpack it. <laughs> no. There's, that, no, there's you, absolutely you, no way you can There's nothing you up. can do. Yeah. But yeah. No, absolutely. And, right. the, and then the second thing I think is, um, is the delays that have been caused through COVID. Um, and this is something that a lot of people don't really understand is, uh, you know, when COVID first struck and, and the world kind of shut down, it caused a massive backlog. Um, and then when the world started opening up again, that backlog started to clear. But as we know, it doesn't clear instantly. So there were shortages of containers. Um, there were delays in harbors. Uh, and, and obviously, priority was given in terms of shipping. Priority was given to the, let's call it the big countries, you know, to, to yeah, Europe exactly right. and to the U.S. and, the, and places US, like yeah. that. And, um, and then, of course, we in South Africa had, uh, had the riots. Uh, last year, which uh, where container ships were turned around. So all of these things uh, just build up to create a position where we're in right now where there is a very real shortage of quite a lot of material um, and, and uh, plumbers really need to be aware of that. And I think that's a lot about what this podcast is about is just to make plumbers aware out there that they need to plan a lot more, a lot more carefully. Yeah. Brennan? to make a plumbers more aware of and, and so that they can plan better, but also the consumers so that they can also understand from a plumber's perspective and from a plumbing store or a retailer supplier's perspective as well. Darren, Darren, you still wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted, I think our industry has been turned on its head uh, from the fact of, uh, I mean, I've been a plumber for many years and we grew up with uh, some, some brands. I don't know if I'm not to mention them, we always knew that, you know, stuff was manufactured locally. I mean, I'm based here in the south. There was a big plant down the road here in Madison. There were the guys in Krugersdorp. You know, we used to have a saying in the old days saying, yeah, that plumber's cheaper because, uh, you know, he uses cheap imports. I don't think you can say that anymore. I mean, from what I've come yeah. to learn, I don't think there's a tap that's made locally. There's not a plumbing uh, brass fitting that's made locally. So, you know, the, the our whole plumbing system, the way we were used to it, as little as what? Five years ago, four years ago, it's changed. You know, there's not a lot of locally made goods anymore, and I think that's that's I think that's the main issue. You know, the the basics were made locally uh, from potteries down the road and taps and stuff. And I I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I've come to learn that most of these uh, let's call them the daily bread items are not made locally anymore. All imported. Yeah, you know, Willem, if you don't mind me coming in for something else here quickly, I think I think to, to to sort of highlight, I think exactly what we're saying, and I think a practical example is something that that actually happened to me probably uh, just probably late last year in October, beginning of November. If if, if you recall, if you know, you know, there was a force majeure by by Cecil, and it, you know, there was essentially long story short, there was not any PVC raw material available. So. You know, we had a we had a client, and this is a real story. Um, that was looking. It wasn't really plumbing product as such, but obviously civil stuff. And I think the re- if the requirement I can't recall, but it was something in the region of you know 200 links or 160 more plus 12 UPVC pipe or something. Um, and you know, I think it's it's the weirdest thing is that the the the, the person looking or the, the customer the the client looking for the product has been in the industry a long, long, long time. And 
you know, there's two things that happen. You know, somehow everybody believes, and I did allude to it just now that, you know, you've got 300 of everything on yourself, you can't have it. But I think what happened in this specific situation was, and in order to get this product, you had to commit an order to somebody at some stage because none of the manufacturers that extrude the pipe would take a product like, like PVC, which you can't get, and push it into, let's call it a relatively obscure product like 160 class 12 UPVC, you know, if he's busy extruding, you know, 50 millimeter SV pipe and 110 underground pipe. You know, you try and utilize the, the meager resource that you have into product that is high demand. So, you know, the product that, that becomes a little bit obscure, if you want to call it that, or less popular, you know, it's not, it's not a 50 millimeter copper elbow, 50 mil copper tube, but you may battle to find, you know, 76 mil class two copper tube because the, the, the mills are not mm. making 76 mil class two. They're pushing all the material that they have into, into the normal high volume, you know, smaller sizes. So, you know, that pressure gets pushed back into the guys that do manufacture in South Africa. But yeah, you know, getting to the point where, you know, we have to unfortunately agree with that. And there are no local manufacturers of, of sanitary ware anymore. And there are no local manufacturers of brass ware anymore. Um, so, yeah, to, to go back to Brendan's point again, you know, if the stuff's on the ship, it's on the ship. Eh? And, uh, and if we have, I don't know, Transnet's uh, system being hacked and we have, uh, you know, strikes at the harbour in Durban or something like that, yeah, that ship will come into the dock and uh, with COVID and everything else, and it'll, it's, it's called a blank sailing, and he'll just carry on around, and he'll just go up to Brazil or something like that, and you you know you have a delay for another month. So it, it, it is a hell of a challenge. And Darren, I think to your point, it has really and, and been exacerbated, exacerbated over the last sort of three to four years, and obviously the COVID thing. I don't want to blame COVID for anything, but it has had a massive indirect effect to, to, to our industry and probably a lot of other industries as well. That kind of actually sort of leads on to another point uh, that that's that's critical to understand is that um, if we look at what's happening, probably largely because of of, of uh, Ukraine, uh, is the massive price increases. Yeah, uh, and then added on top of that is the additional costs of um, of shipping and all that sort of thing that leads from the fuel prices and the shortage of containers and all this sort of thing, and and all of this together makes the plumber's life extremely difficult, really, really difficult. Uh, and so I, I believe that plumbers are going to need to change the way that, they, uh, that they're procuring goods. They're going to need to start looking at much better planning, yeah. uh, much better stock management, much better um, uh, forecasting of their needs for the future, um, bulk buying, you know, all these kind of things. But, you know, to to uh, just believe like in in the old the good old days the, we say the good old days was 3 years ago <laughs> before <Apparently. COVID laughs> and ukraine and, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in the good old days you could you could jump in, in in your van or pick up the phone and phone your supplier and say i need x y and z um and you could get it virtually instantly yeah. um those days I think are over and 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 it's going to take a lot more planning and a lot more thought of uh, how plumbers run their businesses look i've got to, I've got to say that um I liked Gary's analogy that he made about uh, the car and the old model of the car and that you know <laughs> things are constantly evolving and changing you know never nothing's going to stay the same forever um and and the fact is that yes the things like design um it, it changes technology changes in other words 
you know, a cartridge may become more, maybe developed into something that's more effective and economically or environmentally friendly or something like that. So the consumer also has to understand, but also the plumbers for that matter need to understand that these things are going to change. In other words, within a couple of years from now, you're not going to get the same design. Uh, you're not going to get the same technology anymore. And that when you do a project to replace something like Darren mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, one of the scenarios um, that, you know, you're going to have to explain this to a customer. Um, and, the, and the plumbers also need to, to, to make provision, therefore, and planning, therefore. But the same lies on the side of the, of the suppliers. And um, that's where I want to ask you guys the question that what do you guys think? Is there a solution to this? Because especially now with the war in the Ukraine and the things that are happening there, and, 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 and you know, we've just come out of and trying to just land on our feet after COVID and, and try and get up and dust ourselves off and, and move forward again. And now this thing that's happening in Ukraine, what do you guys think? Are there solutions to this issue? Is it going to get worse? Uh, are there things that manufacturers, uh, supply stores, retail stores, plumbers, that they can do to sort of turn the wheel around? Shall we, shall we go back to, to opening more factories in South Africa? What, what are the solutions, if there are any? Well, if you don't mind, if I'll have a, have a quick stab at that one. <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, you know, it, would be, it would be wonderful to see more factories in South Africa. It, it really would be. I mean, you know, that would be first prize. Let alone you know, supply delays and everything else. I think it's just, it's just good for the country, the infrastructure and everything else. We understand about the you know, employment and, of people and everything else and skills and skills development. I just don't see that being a reality, unfortunately. Otherwise, we wouldn't have lost uh, you know, the big industry place that we have lost in the last two years. Um, I think Brennan touched on it. I think, you know, planning, you know, planning is one thing, you know, and, and for me, I always said, you know, theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, everything's theoretically perfect, you know what I mean? But, you know, there is a practical world. I think the, the, the one thing that people do have to do, and I think uh, Brennan did, did touch on it, you know, the, the planning part is huge, um, but also understanding what you can and can't use in place of something, you know, you'll have a guy that because a, and, you know, we're talking, I suppose, some bigger jobs, you know, I think on the, on the, on the my Darren will probably, you know, if you if you want a gate valve and you can't find a gate valve, well, possibly you could leave, use a lever ball valve as an example. You know, you might need some, and these are not items that are really too much in shortage, but, you know, there's always a way around something. It's, it's, it's in the, really in the professional space, in other words, on the, in the formal sector, if you want to call it that, where there is a preordained spec for a product and a, and a type of pipe system, if you want, or a type of uh, uh, drainage system, you know, a type of um, wastewater disposal system. And, and yes, those products, I can guarantee you, if, if the spec is of a specific brand and that brand is imported, which they all are, um, you know, the, the, not even the, the local manufacturers, local manufacturers, the local importers or the brand owners of that brand necessarily have the product, you know. So mm. I think planning, William, is a huge thing around it. You know, as far as, as far as South Africa being really a really small destination as far as plumbing product goes, you know, by world standards, you know, we... I guess if I if I talk from my experience in our business, we try and mitigate that by by just putting stock in. And I can tell you, I think I mentioned it to Brendan the other day. Our stock levels are at record highs, and it's not it is pricing, and we'll get onto pricing just now. But you know, yes, we are expanding stores and all that sort of stuff. But we're trying to keep as much of it as we can to try and mitigate this as far as possible. Uh, you know, when we bring in containers of, of product from wherever that's coming from, you know that 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 we did talk about it off air. Um, you know, from, from, for me now, uh, from, from placing an order, manufacturing process, 
shipping the product and getting it here now, if, out of wherever it comes from, is, is a minimum of a five-month period. You know, so, you know, sure. you can talk about planning, but it is. It's a, it's a five-month turnaround, Willem, on, on pretty much any item. So, you know, mm. I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five months' time. I can pretty much tell you Darren doesn't know what he needs <laughs> as far as a project goes <laughs> in five months' time. But, uh, you know, but that's the reality of what it is. And it's because, and again, again Brendan alluded, it, alluded to it, you know, we had the luxury of having this stuff on our doorsteps. We also were very sheltered because the product that we used and what was specified was all local. And there was nothing else, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, if you want to call it that. So you, you were spoiled. Um, now there's all sorts of intelligent product that's coming into the market and, you know, electronics and da 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 da, da whatever it might be. But again, the, the assumption from, let's call it the plumbers and, and, the, and the professionals alike, is that, you know, this product you can buy, you know, every, every single hardware store and every single plumbing store in the world has about 40 of them on their shelf, and it's not the reality. So I think, I think again, long answer to your short question, Planning is one thing, but it's theory, you know. Uh, I think there has to be a little bit of leeway as far as the product goes where it's specified and this is what it is. And you simply can't get it. I mean, what what does Darren do? What does the plumber do in his case? You know, I use Darren mm. as the plumber. You know, guys, you, you can't you can't not do fix a urinal in a in a in a in a mall because it's not the same looking. So, you know, somebody's gonna come up with an answer. Mm. And Darren goes back to that thing, and now they're gonna look with the whole of the guys and everybody phones the, the 20 manufacturers or the 20 stockers of plumbing product, and you get the same answer. But then what happens? You know, who, who, what happens next? I mean, you would just leave this urinal, you know, plastic bag over it saying out of order in, in, in the shopping center. I don't think that's the answer. So yeah, it, it's, a, it's a myriad of product and a myriad of problems. And I'm not sure that there is a you know a silver bullet that fixes. So look on the on the project side, it it is somewhat easier. So I think uh, you know what what one can do is the minute you you're awarded the job and you've got the spec, um, is to communicate that spec together with a program to your supplier as a, as a plumber, um, and in that way hopefully get the ball rolling early, uh, so that so that you know, get that planning stage in. And then if there are any delays, any hiccups along the way, is then to ensure that you as a plumber communicate that in writing to the client. Um, it, that's probably in my mind the best uh, the best way to mitigate it on a project and to get your planning right on a project. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to, to maintenance, uh, that really is a very big challenge. So, you know, we're kind of recommending to the plumbers to uh, try and up their stock levels of, uh, like like you guys have done, Gary, is to up, up the stock levels a little bit um, and to to have a look at standardizing products. So choose a product range that uh, is a product range, hopefully, that you have faith in from a quality perspective and a compliance perspective, but also that you build then a relationship with that supplier or manufacturer, um, be it importer or local. Um, so that so that you start to understand what the supply chain issues are that are happening, um, and you build that relationship, uh, and 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 you supplying material that you know hopefully will be available when you need it. As you said, Gary, it's very often these. Um, it's not the everyday products. No. I know at the moment we've had some some issues with everyday products, and that's because of the shipping issues and that sort of sure. thing. Sure, but. Uh, very often, it's it's not the everyday product that you really, really struggle to get. Correct. Um, and if you kind of stick to one brand, stick to one, you know, put your pig in the sand, you know, and yeah. say that's my product choice, 
and stick to it and build a relationship. That's kind of my, I'd like to hear what Darren's got to say, if he's got any thoughts on this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think, like you said, I think you addressed it where you said that um, there is recently issues experienced with everyday products, but I think it basically goes down to shipping. Um, uh, I know that there's a huge shortage of containers, uh, not only because you mentioned it, Gary, but uh, there was an article I read that Amazon is looking at uh, uh, well, they have that's uh, procuring or manufacturing their own containers because there's such a shortage of containers worldwide. Um, I've also, also come to learn that the cost of a container has gone from, and Gary, you would advise better, so many thousands of dollars to so many thousands of dollars, and it hasn't come back down again. So, yeah, it's three, uh, three times the price there, and three, four times the price that it was uh, eight months ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. So we are, are we actually from our side, from a price perspective, um, the emails that we received from, from uh, plumbing and that we've actually started forwarding them onto our clients um, in the hope that we could educate them and say, guys, have a look, you know, because a lot of times you quote and the guys look at that bottom right hand corner and just look at the figure, you know, and they are, you know, it's expensive and they throw it out. Um, there needs to be some consideration and so I found of recent We've actually start educating our clients on the bigger project. Um, okay, but that's a bit of a different thing. But uh, more so on the maintenance stuff and the end users. I mean, the, the guy in the street or the facilities management guys, you know, that are running maintenance for um, uh, property management companies and so on, aren't really versed at what these costs are. And so, you know, we've actually start forwarding those emails. Yeah. And look, Darren, you've got to increase your prices. And, uh, you know, I did a... Um, a plumber's meeting uh, just a week or two ago um, and one of the recommendations I made to those plumbers is you've got to put up your prices and you've got to do it straight away because uh, you know not only is your labor increasing but the fuel cost is is I mean it's already gone up a lot and we know it's going to go up a hell of a lot more um, your your consumables have gone up your day-to-day living, your electricity has gone up, everything has gone up. Um, and yet uh, uh, the majority of plumbers are still charging the same rate that they were charging maybe even two or three years ago. Uh, and you're just not going to survive. Uh, you, you might lose a bit of work for the clients that, uh, that aren't prepared to pay a little bit more. But at the end of the day, your business is going to survive. And that's really, uh, I think plumbers need to up their prices immediately don't wait the longer you wait the more you're going to get into trouble that's that's my two cents worth on that and then i'd like to if you don't if i can come in on that one as well you know i also had a very let's call it a quite a, a hard worded email the other day for two weeks ago from a client as well you know about these incessant increases that plumbing consists of putting through and it's and i you know it's not a conceited attitude at all you know you just need to understand this is what comes at us it comes at us and we do this stuff formally. You know, it, it could be that your your little local hardware store around the corner hasn't upped his price on, I don't know, on copper tube as an example, because he's got 12 links on the shelf. And when he buys it again, you know, he doesn't look at it like it. I'm not, I'm not being derogatory about that. I think it's just very, very important that that for everybody that's going to listen to this podcast, you know, just really open your eyes and look around you. Go to the London Metal Exchange. Go and have a look what happened to the price of nickel last week. Mm. It went from, I think it was fifteen or $16,000 a ton to over $100,000 a ton. The copper price is the highest it's been. We have the, we have the rand dollar you know, fluctuations. You've got the petrol price higher than it's ever been. You need to understand that 
you know, we don't put as push up prices because we're making more money. Our input costs have gone up. And and I think plumbers need to understand that that's exactly what it is. It does not cost us the same to run an eight-ton truck from, from Midland to Edenvale as it did two weeks ago. It doesn't. So, you know, if, if plumbers are yeah. still holding their, their rates down to that price, and I agree with you, Bennett, it might cost you work, guys. But at the end of it, I'd rather, you know, you can work and go bankrupt or you can sit down and go bankrupt and do nothing. They don't incur the costs. <laughs> but, but really, if you think about it, uh, you know, things change. And, and again, this goes back to that, that you know, the Peugeot 504, whatever the example was that I used. You know, things do move on. And, and yeah, we have to be brave. You know, there's always going to be somebody cheaper than you, hey, guys. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to the plumber specifically. You are never, ever going to be the cheapest. But, you know, if you understand what your costs are, and again, Darren and I were talking off air, Go and have a look what you'll pay from for us uh, from us or any other merchant for a roll of you know solder. You know it's ninety seven percent copper and three percent tin. Tin is at the highest price ever. You know I don't know to do a three quarter inch copper joint now if you're doing it properly and you're using I think it's twenty five millimeters of, of solder per joint. You know you've got to cost that in there. You'll probably find it's in the region of I don't know three or four rand per joint. You know so you solder yeah. two uh, yeah. an elbow together. It's an additional six rand plus the the gas can. Mm. Which is costing you eighty or ninety rand for your, you know, your, your your fancy gas burner. So, I don't think you can again for from me to the plumbers, and I know lots of them been in the game a long time. You really, really have to get down to the nitty gritties of that stuff. Eh? Otherwise, you know, you can work, you can work and go bankrupt too. So, it, but it is important that folks understand what's going on in the market. PVC highest price ever. Just go into the go into Google and have a look. It will tell you. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Gary, I mean, uh, I, I d- I'm doing a, um, a webinar on exactly this topic, and I and I addressed this issue at the Gauteng Plumbers okay. meeting. Right. Exactly this, and I put the graphs on from the from the LM yeah. from the London. Good. I wasn't there, sorry, Brenda. just to illustrate the point. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay, Gary. Uh, but but you know what? I mean, between the three of us, we've been around in this game for a long time. Eh? Yeah. All, all three yeah. of us, we've, we've been yeah. around here a long time. You know, it's uh, we're not new to this industry. I don't think any of us have ever, ever seen anything like no. what we are going through no. right now. Agreed. So, so if you take, if you take the last two, two to three years, um, it, as Darren said, and Darren rightly said, everything has changed. If if you compare our industry as it stands right now to what it was three years ago, it's completely a different ball game. Yeah. Uh, and and. I think, and that's, you know, Darren was the instigator of this podcast, and thank you for doing that, Darren, because I think it's such an important topic. And and the whole idea was really to raise awareness amongst the plumbers and say, guys, you can't carry on doing things the way you did them three years ago because the game has changed completely. Uh, you know, you've got to be agile. You've got to be able to move. You've got to be able to chop and change. Um, you've got to be flexible. And we've got to be able to react to the situation that, that's in front of us. It's not, you know, years gone by, if you go back 10 years or 15 years, at the beginning of the year, you kind of knew what was going to happen yeah. this year. You know, you yeah. had a fair idea, like, you know. Yeah, no, but now, yeah. you know, we, what the hell is going to happen for the rest of the year? We thought everything was cool. And then uh, Mr. Putin... <coughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, he, he, he did what he did. Let's just let's just leave it there. Yeah, I just want to. I wanted to add that you know a lot of the times we're speaking from a maintenance plumber's perspective. When the guys cost us invoicing and stuff in the old days, so often we used to overlook the peripherals, you know, flux, solder, 
that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, even sometimes you would forgo. I see some guys are still advertising no call out fees. But uh, I mean, if you look at the cost of fuel and you take the cost of those peripherals uh, and you you happen to leave those off on your invoicing, I mean, those are those add up to some serious charges at the end of the month. You know, and the guys need to be aware of it. We need, it has to be considered. It can't be overlooked anymore. Yeah. yeah, and the same with wastage, Darren. Yeah, you know, I mean, if a guy had uh, two meters of 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 solder left over, and he, he used it to hang his socks up on the on the line or something, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, or or the guys used soft soap to to wash their clothes, and that's it. Didn't really matter. Mm. Well, now it matters, eh? Yeah, uh, you know, if you, if you miscut the copper tube and you and you're wasting two three hundred mils, um, that's costing you money, eh? That's real. That's really costing you money. So. The, the wastage um, and the skill level of, of the plumbers that are doing the work is so important. Yeah, just sitting here behind my machine at work, I've just taken, just on my system, it's, it's interesting. Um, I've just taken a, a length of copper tube now, and I've taken a length of copper tube exactly one year ago, and our price is 24% higher. And trust me, actually, we're not making 24% more money. You know what I mean? But that, that just illustrates it. I mean, that's one item. You know, Brendan, you look, you look at silicon. I mean, silicon has had a 60% price increase in the last four months. You know, you think, ah, you know, I'll buy a tube of silicon, it's going to cost me 60 or 70 bucks. And, uh, you know, you're going to use it around the urinal, you're going to put it around the basin. And, and again, Darren, I think it goes to your point. You know, you've you got 60 or 70 bucks, uh, bucks for a silicon and you're doing one basin, you, you're sealing around one urinal because that's the example we keep using. And you're not charging for that or you're not costing it into your pricing. Guys, you, you, you're going to battle, eh? You're really going to battle, along with the solder and the gas and the, and the PVC glue that you leave unopened in your toolbox that gets dry, you know? So, yeah, you've got to look at it carefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many of us have thrown away half-finished uh, tubes of silica? <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we all have, eh? <laughs> yeah, so. Plenty, and especially yeah. if you're doing multiple, I mean, if you're a company doing multiple jobs, uh, that 60 or 70 rand per van per day, I mean, right. uh, it, it, it adds up quickly. Listen, gentlemen, we could we could carry on uh, with this conversation for quite quite an extensive time, um, but we are running out of time for this episode. Um, I, I, you know, I from from my side before we did this uh, episode, um, I did some research on possible solutions, and we could have gone through a list of of things like expediting products, uh, improving lead time accuracy, imp- uh, improving forecasting, uh, eliminating single point failures uh, on the side of the manufacturers, those kind of things. Um, but then I want to revert back to what uh, Gary mentioned, that it is all in theory. And uh, again, to what all three of you have been saying repetitively throughout and reiterating throughout this episode is the fact that it all boils down to planning. Planning on everybody's side, the manufacturers, the the, the, the importers, the suppliers, stores, um, as well as the plumbers at the end of the day. Just before we say goodbye, have a listen to this. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. This year, various role players in the plumbing industry will gather once more for an ultimate boxing showdown. And it's all in the name of charity. Yes, the plumbing industry is gearing up for this year's Champions for Charity boxing match. This white-collar boxing event will ultimately see various average Joes step into the ring and give boxing a bash. If you want to find out more about sponsorships or want to get involved, please email c4c at prrb.co.za for more.
I want to thank the three of you for this conversation. I do believe that uh, you know people will. This is this is a great conversation for creating awareness um, and just waking the guys up and saying, "Listen, you guys need to plan. Uh, we are in this situation. There's not much that we can do about it." Um, but also for the consumers, again, I would like to reiterate the fact to the consumers also that the consumers also sort of have to now just be a little bit more accepting you know, and tolerant to, to changes that may happen um, and understanding for that matter because none of us asked for, for the things that we've gone through through the past two years with COVID. None of us asked for what's happening in the Ukraine currently. Um, things do change. Yeah, I must agree with that, Philip. Yeah. Absolutely. Once again, gentlemen, thanks a stack for the information uh, that you've shared with our audience. Uh, to our audience, to you, the listener out there, thanks a stack for your time and your effort and tuning in and listening to this episode. We do believe that and we do hope that it carries some value to you. That's it. We'll definitely chat to you again next time. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio. Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion. 